Everything that I say and learned came from experience. I had a home sweet home, and I had over 30 boys that came in for so many years, and I was really dealing with them, with my family and volunteers. So I learned from them what works and what doesn't work. I said it over last night, I'll say it again. One, one of the big things was I took these kids off the street. They were doing drugs. They were ganovim. They were stealing. They were really bad kids that everyone gave up on. A lot of them were homeless, and a lot of them were thrown out of their homes and just going couch to couch. It was really bad. One of them was sleeping on a train. One of them was sleeping in an in a empty truck he found in a Walmart, all from families. And so I learned from them. The first thing is I had to prove myself to them because each one... I had to start from the beginning, you know? And it was always, by, by like my 30th kid, I'm like, oh, I've got to start again with this stupid kid who doesn't trust me and thinks I want to take advantage of him and abuse him and have to win over trust. It was getting really tiring. It's like you just want to slap him in the face and say, come on, this, you know, tr you can trust me. Everybody said, like, you know? But each one, in order for me to be successful, my success was by this, it's in the hands of this little, this little stupid druggie. It's like, <laughs> In order for me to be successful, in order for the rehab to be successful, who makes the rehab successful? The drug addict, when he stops. So my success is, I want to be successful and help him. And I, I have to go, and each kid has his own mishigasin and trauma and damage. I had, some kid, I had one kid who was almost four years living in Israel. The parents fell apart, split up, whatever it was. And he was left there from a young age, four, four years living on, on, with the homeless people, on a beach somewhere where they have like tents. He was mamish homeless. And this kid was so homeless. He was so, um, you know, like dogs that, that, that he wasn't even housebroken. He was mamish like, what? Like Tarzan. He's like, like, there was no please and thank you. There was no, you know, like he would just come and drink my Coke. It was just like, it was like, mamish teach first how to sit and how to use a fork and how to use a knife. He's, he, he's so great today. Mamish, but it was so hard. And it, it comes in, he used to knock into my desk. When he used to come home, he used to just put his stuff on. It was like really, it was hard. But I had to, I had to win them over. That was my job. I don't know how I got that job, and whatever, but I got that. That was my job. So I had to win over the trust and with patience and with calm. And I always looked at it to, to try to understand their brain. So after, it was about a month and a half or two months, there was a kid sitting next to me. And he was schmoozing with me. He was having a hard time. So while everybody went out to have fun for the night, the volunteers took them out for fun for the program. Program was fun. Have fun. But he was in a bad mood, so I, I, I had him with me in my car. And he tells me, you know, I just, I, I'm, I, I just got to punch something. I got to break something. I just, so, I'm so angry. I'm so frustrated. And this kid was about 400 pounds, and really, he was built. There's actually a picture of him over there. He built. So I said, listen, if, if you really need to punch somebody, I mean, that's what I'm here for. I'm here for you. I took off my glasses. <laughs> and I said to him, I said, just, you know, don't miss. Here, and he's looking at me. I'm just like, you know, compared to him, I'm this little scrawny guy. And it was about 10 years ago. I was even skinnier. And he's just like, he looks like, what? I'm like, listen, I'm here for you. And, and if it'll help you to punch something, right, then you can punch me. You know, listen, I'm not stupid. I, know, I knew he wouldn't do it, you know. I wouldn't do this if he would have punched me. But we had holes in the wall of the home. We did. I mean, he was, he wasn't violent, but he would get frustrated and need to break things. I got him a punching bag afterwards to vent, and I got a, a punching, like, I don't know what it's called, not a bag, the boxing thing, whatever. And we took him to the gym twice a week. 
But the point is, I told him, if you need to break something, you need to punch something, I'm here for you. You, you want to break something, I'll find you something to break. When we're dealing with people who are really going through a hard time and they're broken, they're not always pleasant to be around. You want to help them and they scream at you. And you want, if they were normal, you would say, ooh, this is a good chinuch moment. Excuse me, when someone is helping you, you don't yell at them. But they're not, this is not a situation of chinuch. This is not a chinuch moment brought to you by Torah Masara. This is trauma, pain, tzabrachankait. You know that they have, um, they're really sweet under all of this. And they have all kinds of issues with their, with their life. So what you do is you look at yourself sometimes as if you've got to break something. You know, like the famous story we have with Rup Shimon Russell with the dishes. You know, if you have to break, if you have to, you could look at her and say, I'm so sorry you're having such a hard time and I'm here to help you. You don't have to say like, like as if it was a normal person that you have to go out or get upset or take it personal. We, we don't take it personally when you go to the psych ward. You go to the psych ward and someone says, get out of here. As soon as you start taking it personally, it means you, you, you're an equal. I hope that you don't think you're an equal. And when you're a nurse and you go to the patient and they, you touch them to take their blood and they start screaming, you don't take it personal. You realize that these are patients, right? They're patients. You're getting paid to take care of them. So you are getting paid, not real money, just like I didn't get real money, right? Schar and responsibility and opportunity and mitzvahs. You have to save these kids. So then you approach the situation differently. I'm here for you to hug if you need someone to hug. And I'm here for you to slap if you need someone to slap. Don't worry, they don't do it. That's the attitude. I'm here for you. So they have like real issues with their temperament. They have personality flaws. But we're not just putting up with it for no reason. We're healing them. Just like you were able to get your daughter at the Seder, which she, wouldn't, she wasn't planning on being. And most of our kids were at the Sturm. And those few that weren't, Timir Tzashem next year will be. We're doing a treatment. While we're doing the chemo, the treatment process is not the time to do chinuch because it's going to separate you from being able to do your tafkid. So let's understand. The focus of TP is to understand I have a job to do. I'll give you an example. Let's say a child has a sickness. And the way to treat the sickness, the doctor gives you a medicine and he tells you there's 1,000 gummies that I'm giving you and they have inside the medicine, you have to get your kid to eat 1,000 gummies. Three a day, five a day, one a day. When they have 1,000 gummies, the, the fever will go away. The sickness will go away. So what's going to be now your tafkid? To get them to eat the gummies. Now listen very carefully, because a lot of times parents, even when they're doing good for their kids, even the deep TP where you're taking them for fun, they lose track of what their tafkid is. And they get confused. I said it yesterday, so we have Chazara. Imagine this. A father was taking his son to fly a plane. By the way, flying a plane, I would have thought is $5,000. It was $85 on a Groupon. It's a great... You did it. You paid a little more. Yeah, but they have a Groupon sometimes. I don't want you to feel bad. You paid more. But you got the video. It was really good. But I, t I paid much less. I paid $65, and I took three kids. I'm allowed to be nice to normal kids? Or I have to wait for them to go off for 65. Right. So this father was taking his, his son, who he wanted to build a relationship with, who was severely depressed and doing drugs. He took him to fly a plane. When, when was the appointment? 2 p.m. 
first mistake, by the way, nothing before 8 p.m. Don't even think about it, okay? Everything has to be at night. So 2 p.m., fine. So they had to leave. They were two hours away. They had to leave at 12. Of course, they ran late. So instead of at 12, they left at 1. So the father was already nervous, right? He's leaving at 1. What's going to happen? What's going to be there? When did they get there? 3. Calling the whole time, fighting, couldn't get through, arguing. He was nervous the whole two hours. Then we got there, and the guy said, listen, uh, you know what? I could, I'll, I'll take you at 6. Oh, three hours, nothing to do in the middle of nowhere. He's and The kid right away feels all the tension and the negative energy. The hoodie goes up, like Darth Vader, into text world and thing. And he's bluesing, and he's, I wasted my whole day for this. And look at his whole day. All the reasons why his day is being ruined. And then at 6 o'clock, he flies on a stupid plane. He comes back. Everyone's in a bad mood. Coming back, they hit traffic at 7.30. Instead of coming home at 9.30, got home at 11.30. The father's like drenched, upset. I wasted 10 hours on my day. I wasted. And he's all, he needs to go out for a massage or to go to a therapist or to go get drunk. The good TP father, same story. He realizes, I'm not here to make an appointment. I'm not here to go flying. I'm not here to go to be, or the, it's not about that. Even if you're going to the Bahamas, it's not about what you're doing. I have one tafkid to spend quality time with this kid and boost and boost and get that vitamin in, get that one of those pills in with a, with a compliment, with a geschmack, and to build the trust so this kid is going to know in six months from now when they feel like everyone abandoned me and I have no friends and my friends are losers and everything falls apart, that instead of jumping off the building, chas v'shalom, I know I have parents that are mamish, you become nafshik shur benafshay, NKN. Your entire focus and mission is to boost the NKN. This is, by the way, Agav, one of the big differences between us and the rest of the world. The rest of the world says, I have, Avi, I have a big question. My kids stole my credit card. What do I do? We say, do TP, and it's going to stop. I just spoke to the family from Eretz Yisrael, very hush of appearance. They're here less than a year. Before they came here, their son consistently stole from them to the point he stole all the mother's jewelry. Horrible. What do you do? So if you go to any normal therapist or even Rabbanim, any normal person will tell you. You tell him, you know, you lock the door and he's not allowed to come in and he has to pay you back, all that. We, I said, TP. What's the result? He has not stolen anything since then. And his father gave, well, there's nothing left to steal. Yeah. And the father gave him his credit card without any conditions. And he tells me, unbelievable, the kid hardly spends Spends mamish what he needs, a couple hundred dollars a month. He trusts him. This kid used to beat up, he has nine younger siblings. He used to beat them up. He has not bullied or beaten anybody up to the point that the younger sister was traumatized from having this bully for her whole life, like the last seven years or whatever it is. She told me, when I get married, I want to do TP. She goes, it saved my life. Because my, my, I'm not scared of my brother. I have my house, I have my life back. Okay, so what happens is we change the behavior, not by dealing, if you have to deal with the behavior, that's very shvach. Don't deal with the behavior, change the behavior. And that's chachma. It takes patience and wisdom. So the TP father, it's 12 o'clock. He feels bad. Oh, well, I guess I'm going to miss the 1 o'clock flight. What's the difference? I'm spending time with my kid. The kid finally comes into the car at 1 o'clock. He's like, don't worry about it, it's fine. The kid thinks internally, knows, my father is a chiller. He's cool. He's like my friends. 
because his friends don't care when they're late because they're high. So they don't care about anything. You know, it's like, I just drove off a cliff. Cool, dude. Right? And my, my dad, subconsciously, that they know that. They know, like, he's a chiller. My mom, shrieker. My father's a chiller. And then all of a sudden, my mom's a chiller and my dad's a chiller. Biggest compliment in the world that you can get, you're a chiller. That means you're in. That means you're in. That means you don't freak out over every little thing, like the house being on fire. You get another house. Don't freak out. Okay? So you got to be a chiller. So the father knows my job is not to get to the plane, even though it looks like it. My job is not to go on the vacation. My job is not to, my job is to convince this, this little runt, this little kid, this nudnik, right, to convince him that I am safe, that I am a safe person, that I'm not going to use my being older than you and father and bigger than you to squash you and make you feel bad. Why are you coming so late? Oh, again, you're late. I knew you're not going to make it. All of that stuff squashes them. All kids and all adults don't like that, but kips, it breaks them. Mamish breaks them. They're already broken. So you're going over to someone who already has a broken foot and you're just stepping on his pinky. They're going to shriek. They're going to slam the door. They get angry, frustrated, and you lose the ability to be mashpia on them, which was your only job. So this father knows, my job is vitamins. Kid walks in and goes, oh, great. And the kid says, oh, we're not going to make it. Who cares? At least we have each other. Pump up the music. Vitamin. The kid's relaxing. They get there. The guy says, no, I'm sorry, you can't come. But you know what? I'll see you at 6 o'clock. Great. We have three more hours together. Right? If you look at it like you're getting paid, like this is your job, you go, oh, instead of spending six hours, it'll be 12. Great. Tells them, we got to do something. Let's chill. I don't know. Google. What's around here? They found a pool hole. There was a pool hole half hour away. Perfect. Drive for a half hour. Windows down. The kid's smoking in the car. Blasting his music. It sounds crazy, right? Look at the end of the story. You got to look at the end of the story to realize what's successful and what's not. You did crazy stuff. So your kid was by the Seder. The whole world can tell you that you're crazy. But your daughter was at your Seder. And theirs weren't. That's the only thing you got to remember. She was going to go to Florida, right, with friends. Those friends went. You got your daughter to leave those friends, choose family over friends, choose matzah over chametz, choose constipation, okay, choose... <laughs> Choose marar and charesis and boring seder, even though you did it speed, very nice, but over parting on a beach. How did you do it? How did you convince her? Because you became safe to her. You were there for her when she was crabby, and she didn't deserve your love, and she yelled at you for no reason, and you said, I see you need some space now. Don't worry about it. We're cool. I'm here for you if you need me. And you didn't drop the patient. So they went to the pool hall. Instead of being upset. And they shot pool, and of course you let them win. My, one of my first parents was a very, very chash of a Talmud Chacham. He gives a dafyei mishir every day. He's a big Talmud Chacham. And I convinced him to take a son bowling. And he tells me, I went bowling. I haven't bowled in 40 years. And this kid is like the big bum. And I beat him three games in a row. I'm like, you idiot. The whole idea, the kid's going to say, I can't, even, I can't even be a bum well. I can't even, not that bowling is a bum, but I couldn't even meet my father in bowling. Like, you have to be everything. You have to be a Chacham and a bowler. Let the kid win. Boost the kid. Let him win. Very important. Don't let him know that you let him win. Don't start throwing it backwards. But let him win. Okay. Boost and boot. Your whole job is to boost. Every opportunity to boost. He says, wow, great. You're so great. Teach me how to pull. Da, da, da. Great. They had a great time. Go back. He went on the plane. He enjoyed it so much. Came out of the plane. 
pictures and hugs. And then the way back, he didn't say, oh, four hours of traffic. It was great. Four hours of bonding time. He said, look, my kid, it's so hard to get out of bed. Between the drugs and the bad friends, he doesn't want to spend time with me. Every minute is precious. Hey, yes, that we know that ultimately in five years from now, whenever it is, we're going to have a healthy kid and hopefully everything's going to be wonderful. And it comes from relationship. And if we could spend 100% time with them, then we would get even more Hatzlach even faster. So every minute counts. So the father, the TP father says, I got 10 hours. Hashem helped me. And the other father, who gets unfocused, is all, oh, this was a disaster. It's not a disaster, it's a gift from Hashem. So the only thing to remember is, what's your tafkid? Every time you boost, every compliment, watch what happens. The world doesn't understand. They realize the kid is acting terrible. They think they have to deal with the kid. When you change the self-esteem of the child, they end up in a different category. You don't have the same questions. You don't have the same problems. That's why no TP parent ever called the police on their kid, threw their kid in the psych ward, called Hatzalah, called Shomrim. Not if they had a if they if they had an episode or something and they needed a hospital. I'm talking about the psych wards in America are full of Yiddish Kindalah who were put there against their will by their parent. Not us. Not us. That's the result. You don't get the result unless you're doing something. Build the trust of the kid. And here's what you have to remember. Every time something goes wrong, it's a bracha from Hashem. You have much more access to heal the essence of the broken child when things are going bad than when they're going good. Think about it. You'll look back, you'll look back at the last year, and you'll see that every time something went horrible, halavai, the Ebesh should bless you, that they should steal your car Friday night and, and bash it up. Our best successes, our biggest avreichim in Eretz Yisrael, today, were the ones who did that and the parents knew how to respond. Because when the parent goes, even though in such a place, and the parent does their job and says what I tell them to say, it has such a deep tikkun on the kid. You can't get that tikkun when things are normal. You can't. You can't have that passionate relationship, that connection, when everything is basically okay. But when they steal your credit card, you have an opportunity. When they break your, when they bust your car up, you have an opportunity. And it usually happens. I don't know why Friday nights are, are the accidents. I don't know why when they steal the car, it's dafka. Why can't they do a Tuesday night? I don't know. But it happens so many times. And the parents said what I told them to say, and it made a major effect on the brokenness of the child. Remember, we're dealing with broken children. They're misbehaving because because something happened to them, and you're doing the surgery. The surgery is. I love you anyway. Nothing is going to make me stop loving you. You're not a problem. You're my enjoyment. I enjoy you. Yeah, I love being with you. You're not a, you're not my problem. I can get stuck with you. I'm not. I'm not looking for control. Alt delete. I didn't check the Amazon the return policy when I got you. I'm not saying Hashem. I think the stork dropped this kid in the wrong house. Why'd you give me a rush? I asked for a tzaddik. I, did I press it wrong? When I called Kupara ear, did I, did I hit the wrong button and I got the wrong... My check bounced? What happened over here? No, I'm not complaining. I don't want... I don't, I, I'm not exchanging you. You are my child. And when they, be, when they hear that, when they're on the lowest level, they believe it much more than when they're highest level. And it sounds so crazy, but really, it's what it says in the Torah. 
because Hashem waited for us to be in the Mem Teshari Tumah, and then Hashem tells us, right in the beginning, He says, go to Pari and tell him, do you know who you're messing with? Do you know who you're messing with, Pari? Pari said, what do you mean? A bunch of They forgot about you a long time ago, God. They don't believe in you. They don't care about you. They don't serve you. We made our own shtiblach. You know that? We took money, time, and effort. And it says we built, the Medrash says that we built our own shtiblach. I guess because the, the Goyim probably daven only at 7 a.m., like the Litvaks, right? And we wanted to have every half an hour with coffee and schnapps and herring and stuff like that. So we had our own, like, uh, what do they call it? You know, every 15 minutes, the... Right. So we had to make our own. So, whoa, you had money and time and energy to build a shtibel and, to, and to, have the, to fundraise for it and to have a whole vad. It's not easy to have your own shtibel. We did it in Mitzrayim. So Hashem says to him, no, 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 you don't get it. B'ni b'chayr Yisrael. Tell Parai, he's messing b'ni b'chayr Yisrael. Says the Medrash that Hashem has two children. One is Jewish people. Banim atem Hashem alikeichem. We are his children. But Hashem has another son. The other son is the angels. The angels. The angels are also called children of Hashem. So, frack the Medrash, but I don't know which child Hashem loves more. But because it says, B'ni B'chayri Yisrael, you are my B'chayr, to Lashon of Ava, V'chiba, Hashem was telling us, I love you more, Yaisim Rimalachi Hasharis. Says the Nesiv Shalom, when would you have thought that Hashem would tell us, I love you more than angels? By Matan Taira. By Matan Torah, you became on the highest level that a human being can do. You come back with a hundred on your report card. Hashem says, wow, you were accepted to brisk. Hashem says, no, there's a problem with that. Because then you would think that if you fall, that you're not anymore so beloved. So therefore, Hashem says, if I would say on the Chav Shari Tumah, then you would think, okay, until Chav Shari Tumah, you'll tolerate me, but not lower. Therefore, says the Nesiv Shalom, Hashem waited until the point we were mamish by Sharnun, we were oiv de'avoyed Zara, hefeiru brismila. We had mamish, we gave up on so much of our Yiddishkeit in 210 years since the Shvatim. Ah, you're at the lowest of the low, comes Hashem and says, I got a message for you. B'ni b'chayri Yisrael. I love you, Yosem imalachi asheris. Says the Nesiv Shalom, l'hoyrois u'laharois to teach and to show. Not because you make me proud. Not because of your good deeds are you my son. Do I love you and do I love you more than angels? That is who you are. And Hashem wanted us to know that. It's called unconditional love. He wanted to know that I love you and that love cannot be broken no matter what. And as far as I'm saying, Hashem is teaching us how to be a tati. That's why he called us banim. He decided to call himself our father, avinu malkeinu. And he's teaching us how to parent. So when your child, who has a broken self-esteem, who trust has almost always been broken, and usually because we didn't understand, it was a misunderstanding, we didn't understand why they're misbehaving, and we didn't trust them, so they don't trust us, and then they go ahead and they steal your credit card, and you respond with TP, you are massacring that depth of the level of brokenness that you can't normally reach. And when you make a tikkun on even chaf shari brokenness, lamid shari brokenness, mem shari brokenness, all the way down, then that's how the child really rebuilds in, internally inside and knows my parents really, really do love me. And because that's 
the basis for the flow of the medication. Because if they don't feel that, the respirator closes. Air does not flow. Compliments are not accepted. Fun is not had. You can't rescue them. You can't pull them out of it. They're just going to go with their friends like so many parents out there that don't do TP and they say, my kid would never want to go with me. That's like the first thing. My kid's going to go with me for fun. My kid would never want to go with me. Your chiddush is you got your kids or you have to get there. Kips want to have fun with their parents more than their friends. Regular healthy kids would rather be with their friends. Kips would rather be with their parents if you do TP. If you give them that feeling that makes them know that you're a safe person. You understand? You're not a regular person. You're in their soul. You touch them very deeply. When you look down at them with that little thing, you hurt them so bad, you become an unsafe person. Just like the perpetrator is an unsafe person, you become a a tormentor of mine. And all you did was go... Well, that's all you did. We had a kid who came to visit his father. Very good TP father. The kid got an earring. Not a little one, you know, like a long one. And all the father did was he was like... It's like three seconds. It was like... And the kid was like, F you. It hurt him so much because here's the part that the world doesn't understand. If our kids were rough and tough, they would be much better off. They wouldn't be killing themselves and they wouldn't be drug addicts. If they were rebels for real, it would be a different sugya. They're not. They're broken sweethearts and they want your acceptance. And when you don't give them the acceptance, it's easy to blame them because they're always wrong. It's true. But then what happens is they break. When they break, they get into worse drugs, worse friends, etc., etc. So we're in a tug-of-war, people. And what you did was you tugged her out of her friends, out of her plans. The world should know what you did. You should put up a big poster. Daughter was going to go and leave the Seder to be with friends in Florida, Mechali, Shabbos, Mechali, Pesach, and who knows what kind of Averis they're up to. All of them are never rejected, because if they would all been doing TP, their parents, they would have been home with them, Right? And you rescued your daughter from being with them, so you should give yourself a little bit of a round of applause. Okay, we'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. It was perfect. Siata Deshmaya, of course. Of course it's Siata Deshmaya. And the other parents didn't have Siata Deshmaya. Get into the Ishtablos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did great. This is Avi Fischoff from Twisted Parenting. To be added to my broadcast, please send a WhatsApp request to 718 902